0: Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team, the Houston Texans, every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along my partner in crime.
1: John, some sports guy here you your Locked On Texans football analyst for today's show, ending the week off with a bang. Of course, we have Brandon Scott. He will be joining us from 16. He will be joining us uh, later on in the show. And then we have some news. We're going to start off the show with some news about what the Houston Texans have going on. And hey, we're going to end off with a couple of voicemails, one of which uh, was a very great uh, question, and I can't wait to dive into that. But first, early yesterday, John McClain reported that Jack Easterby will still have a presence and operate on the football side of things for the Houston Texans, and I know that's something that 99% of the fans uh, and players don't want to hear. Uh, but uh, it seems as though Cal is keeping Jack he used to be around his boy, around, and uh, I think at this point, we have to accept the fact that he is not going anywhere, and that's a reality that most of us don't want to accept. But I'll tell you what, the reality of Jack, used to be Deshaun Watson, Nick Casario, and presumably the next head coach, which I, you know, it looks like it'll be Airbnb, but the reality of those coexisting at one time and actually winning games um, in the next two years. Because as James put it yesterday on yesterday's show, you know, this is not a quick turnaround. This is not a one-year fix. But the reality of those guys coexisting at one time, it seems to be uh, on a track to happen. But now we have to put faith in Nick Casario and Eric Bieniemy to create a strong bond in order to make this team uh, competitive again uh, and, on, on, and when I say competitive, I mean compete to win division, compete to win the AFC South, compete to win to get to the AFC Championship game and then their Super Bowl. Uh, but later on, we will talk about Cal and Deshaun's relationship. Um, maybe a new leaf was turned over. That's something that, uh, you know, Cody and I want to say for the last bit of the show. But Jack will still be around, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, Jack is still going to be around and I'm pretty sure he's going to have a say in who the Houston Texans bring in as their next head coach. And speaking of who the Texans is going to bring in as their next head coach on yesterday, the Eagles hired Nick Sariani to be their next head coach, which means that the Houston Texans is the last team remaining without a head coach and John, I just wanted to touch on this a little bit because every time you and I talk about the possibility of Bieniemy coming in as the Texans' next head coach, you are saying that you hope that the Texans hire him because he's a qualified candidate and not because he's a, an African-American man and it seems like he's going to be the Black savior. However, John, the way it's looking not only for the Houston Texans but the NFL in general is going to look, it, it, that's going to be the reality of the situation. Why? Because coming in into this off season, there were seven teams, seven who had head coaching vacancies and six out of the seven has been filled. None Houston of which was number
1: one. Houston was the first one to fire their coach. You exactly. Know, four games into the season and, and, you know, still first to the party last to leave, I guess.
0: Hmm. None of which was an African-American hire. There was only one minority hire, which was Robert Salah. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's Arabic. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, this is going to be the reality of the situation. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there just so everybody can see the lack of diversity of, of black head coaches being hired in the National Football League. And John, you know, regardless of what you think about Airbnb Enemy, and I do believe that he is still possibly the best hire candidate for the Houston Texans moving forward, but it's going to be a narrative surrounding him.
1: Let's get one thing straight. First of all, uh, Robert Sala is Lebanese. He's also a Muslim. But thank you. So, when we look at the Eagles' hire, we look at the OC that just came over from Indianapolis, right? And the knock on Eric Enemy has been, but he doesn't call plays, he doesn't call plays. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the show, an OC job has much more to do with just actually physically calling plays. Right, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs take on the best defense in the league, then what is Eric Bieniemy's job for the entire week? Preparing his offense, learning the weakness, and also reporting that to Andy Reid. And you'll be a damn fool if you don't believe that at some point he's calling plays, right? But we're looking at these young head coaches getting these shots now, mainly because of Sean McVay and, and what he's been able to do in L.A. But we're looking at these young white coaches getting these shots And I want to credit Bomani Jones on this because the reality of the situation is is not what you know, it's who you know, right? And And a lot of these guys are connected. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, if I'm a white billionaire, more likely, more likely I'm going to go with a white head coach. And every enemy won't be the black savior. I mean, I, we, we can't skip over what Mike Tomlin has been able to do and sustain uh, his career in Pittsburgh, winning one as an assistant coach, also winning one as a head coach. He's been phenomenal in Pittsburgh. I think at some point uh, his tenure will be up just due to the fact that change is needed at some point. Uh, but he's done a phenomenal job. I, I just want to say that it's clear as day especially if Houston does not make this higher, that every stipulation, everything that you are looking to knock against Eric B. We are seeing coaches less experienced overall in the NFL. We're seeing coaches getting jobs, right? And, and so, you know, the last thing I would say is don't make any more excuses. Just call it what it is. I'm seeing guys say they don't like him. Uh, he doesn't call plays. He doesn't do this. Look at what he does with all that talent. He has Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek. You know, stop. Stop it. You're making excuses because you blatantly just don't want him to be your next head coach because he's black. And he's the best out on the market still. And 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 I'm, I'm still going to say that if you feel he's not the right one, then you don't go with him but make sure he is not the right one because he doesn't fit what you want to do in your program or your organization, not because of color of his skin, because we can obviously see that we are seeing less qualified uh, coaches. And shout out to them, but they're getting those head coaching jobs. But right now, he was in a press conference yesterday, had a big old smile on his face. And I can tell you right now, After winning a championship ring last year and on the verge of winning one this year, all he cares about right now, besides becoming a head coach, is getting rings. And 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively January 18th at bluenow.com. Guys, you want to go check it out. It's four days after the launch date. And I'm telling you now, it's worth it. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launched on January 18th. And you can preview it exclusively at bluenow.com. And while I'm telling you guys about the diamond rings, and if you're interested in the engagement diamond rings, that means you're interested at some point in getting married. And with getting married, what does your spouse want you to do? Want you look nice for your wedding? Want you look nice for your suit? What you look like for the dress? But how can you do that and still enjoy the delicious treats? Well, Bib Bar has the best tasting protein bar ever. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, including caramel brownie and cookies and cream. I love mine. They also still have the 12 original flavors of coconut, almond, raspberry and German chocolate. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Now, listen... It's great for the health, country's guy and gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet, right? And right now, a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use promo code locked on for twenty percent off at billboard.com. Listen to Locked On NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by betting expert and analysts from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. You know, I don't even want to do a long, drawn-out welcome anymore, but when when your company comes over, you still gotta do it, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon Scott from 610 Radio. He is back first before we get to talking Texans. Where can they find you? Hey, listen, follow him, too, because he's been dropping some heat from 610
2: Radio. Yeah, man, it's it's a grind, man. Follow me at Brandon K. Scott, man. Pretty much everything I do will appear there somewhere. And, of course, at Sports Radio 610, I'm a big part of Operation there too, as far as, like, digital aspects. So, yeah, man, uh, we're in the mix. We're, We're just trying, man. We're trying to make sense of the world. I'm um, trying to make sense, sense of the world that the Texans live in right now or 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 the situation that they put themselves in. So, you know, I'm I'm basically right there with everybody else.
0: Yeah, and speaking of making sense, can you please give us your take and try to make sense of the second, not not the first, but the second Sports Illustrated article that talked about the nonsense of this organization and Jack Easterby.
2: Well, I think more than anything what it underscores is discontent within the building and an unhappy workplace is what, I, is what I mean to say you got an unhappy workplace and an, an uncomfortable work environment I think is the main thing the main takeaway from that and from that you got people speaking out some of these people probably work in the building right now some of these people probably used to work in the building some of these people probably actually know that they're on their way out I think it's a mix of all of those and overall you just got people that are not happy they're not happy with the power structure They're not happy with the culture. They're not happy with, again, the work environment. And so that was my main takeaway. Um, The the funniest part about it, and, you know, (laughs) I I was not expecting this, but I guess I should have, given that the first article that they did, like, you know, right before, when it was Thanksgiving or Christmas time, whenever it was at the end of last year, the article that they did, they, they let it in with, game of thrones references so when they were able to get the little antidote that apparently some people in the building are calling cal mcnair tommy boy um, i thought that was probably the funniest part of the entire article uh because <laughs> it just means that they've got <laughs> you know they've got a a funny nickname for the boss and uh and i think it also speaks to kind of the, the, the issues that make them speak out to sports illustrated in the first place
1: yeah, and that whole article, man, was so crazy. I read it actually while I was um, on vacation, right? And there was a lot of things going on, but I was I was super focused. I was on the West Coast, uh, but I was focused. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking to myself, uh, how much of a joke is the real joke that this article is, is coming out again and we're not talking about personnel anymore with the Houston Texans, we're talking about a character coach. We're talking about somebody that, you know, has nothing to do with... It should have nothing to do with what's going on on the field. And that's a huge problem for me, Brandon. I got to tell you what. I got to tell you that that's a huge problem for me. But are you expecting more to come out about the, the turmoil internally with this Houston Texan team?
2: Well, as far as Jack Easterby is concerned, more could come out. I'm not sure what more could come out that would change things, that would, like, make something happen outside of, like, you know, a real scandal. You know, uh, it it can't just be, you know. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to to deduce this to bitterness, but it, it can't just be a back about a back and forth. He he would have had to have either committed a crime or done something, you know, really egregious that would have that would be impactful or meaningful enough for him to get out of there. Because what what you see is clearly that he's got a connection with the owner or with the, with the primary decision maker, at least the CEO and chairman, Cal McNair. And and you, can, and you can't fire that person. You know, the only person that can get rid of him would be his mom. And she seems content to allow Cal uh, to run things for better or worse. So whether things could come out about Easterby, I'm sure that there could. But is there anything to him beyond what we've already learned that could be detrimental to him? I don't think so. Like, I don't think that you know, as manipulative as he seemed and as problematic as his presence has been, I don't think that there is a larger smoking gun there that's going to be able to get him out. Now, could more stuff come out on the Deshaun Watson front? And I imagine we'll get into that a little bit later as far as what's going on with Watson. Could more come out with that as far as like how he feels? Could there be a development in where his stance is or where he is right now in terms of what, where he, whether he wants to be with the organization still or not? Mind you, right now, we haven't heard anything about an actual trade request, he has not formally done that. Could that happen? <laughs> like, that might not be an SI article, but that would be way worse. So that's the thing that I'm keeping my eye out on is, is, is there, uh, is this relationship being repaired with Deshaun Watson and the organization in the front office? Or are we still where we were a couple of weeks ago? Or God forbid, worse?
0: And speaking on the Deshaun Watson side of things, Brandon, when you and I spoke about this last week, you know, the the rumors was just starting to heat up. And, you know, you and I were sitting here talking and we was like, there is no way the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson. And I still believe that to this day. However, this past week, the rumors got a little bit more noisier. What is, What is your take? What is your honest opinion? Do you feel that Watson is truly unhappy with this organization? And do you see a sense where, where if they don't get the right head coach, he will force his way out of Houston? Or do you believe, like me, and I said this a couple of days ago here on Locked On Texans, that I believe that Deshaun Watson and his cap is basically using whatever, whatever leverage he has as a powerful athlete within his organization. And this is his way of playing chess with the organization to make sure that they bring in Eric Airbnb or at least another one of his top head coaching candidates like Matt Everflux.
2: I would say it was the second one that you said, I would tend to agree with you, but I I will say, I think it's very, very real. Like, I don't think he's just playing games. I think it's, it is chess. You know, it is a game, but it's not just a game. I think it's very real. The concern, and honestly, just the lack of belief, which I think is shared, you know, with Deshaun Watson and the fan base, you know, a lack of belief in the decision makers and the people that are that are in charge of making sure that his career is not wasted. And I think that's what this com- comes down to. Honestly, does Deshaun Watson, man, I don't have a great answer for this, but does Deshaun Watson feel like his career would be wasted here? You know, like that—that—that—that that, that, that is what uh, that, that is what Andre Johnson, that's what Andre Johnson was hitting on with his tweet. You know, they, they're known for wasting careers. And then he points the finger directly squarely at Jack Easterby after that. Um, what does Deshaun Watson feel? Not just about Jack Easterby, but about the Texans as a whole. You know, where they are as a franchise, their ability to surround him with enough talent. Is Deshaun Watson aware that the 2021 Texans are probably not going to be good. They can be good. There's a scenario where it could happen. The NFL is the hardest to predict in the sense that teams can turn it around. Weird things can happen back in a lot. I mean, even last year, as bad as they were in 2020, they had all of those close games that they, you know, feasibly could have won as bad. I mean, I'm not excusing them. They were bad and still were in a position to win a lot of games that they didn't. Now, maybe they didn't just because they were bad. It, and that was a reflection of how bad they were. But more than likely, this is not going to be a very good team next year. And I'm curious how that sits with Deshaun Watson. Does he feel like, okay, my time is now. I need to go somewhere where, you know, year five Year five cannot be wasted. We wasted year four. We can't waste year five. How, like, where, how does that sit with Deshaun? I know how it sits with his people. Because people feel like he needs to get the hell out of there. I'm pretty sure. But it's not as simple as that, you know. And and there is, like I said, a scenario where they get the right coach in here and you kind of move from there. Figure if, you know, the coach, the GM, and even Deshaun can have this vision of what the team is supposed to look like. Deshaun more so of what the offense should look like. And the GM and the coach, what the whole team should look like. Uh, put Jack Easterby if he's going to be around check him put him in the proper role or or minimize his role or whatever you need to do to make sure that that's not a problem cuz again I'm with you John like it's unnecessary it's unnecessary for that to be an issue that should not be an issue so kill that kill that issue and 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 maybe maybe this is salvageable but again it it it, it comes down to how does Deshaun view the situation and like the likelihood of him not wasting year five and year six you know I don't see them trading him like if if we're you know just hard stop I don't see Deshaun Watson getting traded because the Texans will be fools to do it you know that's not to say that they've never done anything foolish before but it would just be that stupid that I just cannot predict that kind of stupidity but you know as far as the son it's really just going to come down to how he view how optimistic is he about whatever nick casario and the new head coach can put together
0: brandon i don't want to see it and i don't believe it's going to happen but once again man like we say here almost every single day it's all going to come down on who they hire as the next head coach and as of right now it seems like this job is eric B. enemies to lose but Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Thank you so much for joining us today here on Locked On Texans. Once again, Brandon, where can the listeners follow you at on Twitter?
2: At Brandon K. Scott, man, y'all follow me. Um, I have pretty much, I'm pretty much all over this Texans thing until until we find a head coach. Yeah, over at Sports Radio 16, we're doing extra programming that's dedicated to this head coaching search. And so we are immersed in it. I'll be on with Landry Locker uh, on, for, on this on this Friday for two hours. Um, I've never been on with Landry that long, so it should be interesting to see how that goes. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Landry's a creative dude. Uh, you know, and so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes, man. It should be a really good time. So check it out if you catch this before Friday at 6 p.m. Check
1: us out on Sports Radio 610, man. There's only one place that has you covered in one place we trust. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use promo code on for your 50% welcome bonus. I mean, listen, this is the perfect weekend to make some money. Limited games, championship conference weekend. You got Brady, Rogers, you got Bills, Chiefs, you got it all. Make some money while doing it. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, you know, listeners, I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of if you embarrass me or disrespect me in private, hey, pull me to the side. You know, hey, you know what? I messed up on that. I really did. I apologize. I should have handled that better. But if you make it public, it's it's, it's public disrespect um, and everybody can see it, then I would like a public apology. Now, in the case of the NFL, we know that egos, uh, emotions and feelings all play a factor, just like anything else in life. However, uh, you know, Cal McNair apologized, reportedly apologized to Deshaun Watson in, in private and whether or not you may feel like that's worth it, I'm going to tell you guys right now, straight up, I think that uh, Cal, especially at the after the press conference, he could have did a better job. We know that, but he should have apologized publicly because if you apologize to the current leader of this roster publicly, then I have the mindset and understanding of it'll be a domino effect. I mean, of course, first, once you apologize, you got to make the right moves. you got to make the right decisions. But if the players who follow this man every Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Thursday, whenever, see that you apologize to him publicly, then that'll help them make, maybe – be more understanding of moves to come. But this is something we, we've we wanted to incorporate. And we got two voicemails from some locked-on Texans listeners. Shout-out to you guys. The first, we're going to play a very great question, and I loved it. Unfortunately, it's coming from somebody that did not leave his name. So we're going to call you John Doe. I thought about calling you Jack Doe, but then with everything going on with the Texans organization, I said, man, does that guy really want to be associated with a guy named Jack? I don't think so. But first voicemail, let's hear it. With everything we've been
2: reading about the religiosity that's, uh, happening in the, uh, with Cal and Easterby, could this explain why Robert Sala didn't get an interview request? I mean, he worked for the organization. He was one of the top candidates. And we didn't even request for him because, and, you know, I didn't realize he was Muslim until just a couple days ago, but I, it, I, I haven't heard a reason for why, a rationale for why we re- didn't request him. So, I'm wondering if it just, I mean, if it smells like a dog, if it, it, it looks like a dog, it feels
1: like a, it's a dog. Something's off here. Great question. Great. And, you know, the, the thing about this is we talked about, we talked about, you know, sports yesterday with, with, with James over at the Texas Unfiltered podcast, and I loved it. But the thing about it is we forget certain things at times that may play a factor. Uh, and you look at what's going on with the organization. You look at the, the organization internally, uh, the direction is going. Uh, you look at Amy Paucher getting fired because she's no longer a culture change. I mean, she's not she's no longer a part of the culture that they're trying to, uh, you know, uphold there. And so many different other rumors that are either true or fact, I mean, true or false. But that's a great question, because Jack and Cal are heavily, 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 heavily Christian oriented. Uh, that could have played a factor. I don't want to say, yes, I believe that, because at the end of the day, it's all speculation, but that's a great thought behind it. I can see that being a factor of why they didn't reach out, uh, but I, I'm being optimistic, and I hope there's not a, a factor why they didn't reach out, but Robert Sala is in a better place now. Now he's not dead. He's just got a better opportunity, by the way. He just he, he has a better organization to coach
0: for. Me personally, I don't think that is part of the reason why the Texans did not reach out to him. I mean, it could be. That is a very interesting thought behind it. But at the end of the day, the Texans didn't reach out to a lot of guys we really thought was a good fit to become the Texans' next head coach. And when other teams was reaching out to Rob Asala, the Texans didn't have a general manager. And it's like I said a couple days ago on this show that – I believe that the Texans actually made the right decision by not reaching out, not originally reaching out to a lot of these candidates, but also hitting a reset button on their coaching search because they did not have AGM. And think about it. Did you, did you, did you truly want Rob Asala to be in a head coaching interview with Jack Easterby and Cal Magnair as your interviewers? Hell no. Absolutely. So what is your favorite part of the Christian? Bible?
1: (laughs) What do you think about Jesus turning water into wine? It's, no, you're right. And you know it worked out really for Robert in this situation.
0: Yeah, it did. So once again, shout out to John Doe. Next time, please leave your name and we will promise you we will say your real name on the show. However, Matt Edwards. Um, shout out to Matt. Matt is calling all the way from Connecticut. Let's hear what Matt had to say. Hey there, John and Cody. This is Matt Edwards from
1: uh, Connecticut.
2: I'm really excited by the the, um, the idea of BNME being our head coach, but I'm really nervous that we're going to screw this up considering we've screwed up everything so far. Uh, I have no clue if Easterby is going to step into the last second and somehow get his, his guy again, which I assume is Joe Brady. But at this point, I'm just looking for some certainty within the future of the Texans organization. Thanks, guys.
0: Every time, it seems like... The Texans are on the verge of getting things right. They screw it up. And I'm actually afraid that is going to happen again because Jack Easterby is going to step in, endorse somebody like Joe Brady. However, Matt, I would like to say because we have a very competent general manager in Nick, I do believe Nick is going to not listen to the foolishness of Jack Easterby, and hopefully he is the guy that's going to save the Texans from doing something so stupid and foolish yet again, especially when you have a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson already pissed off at the organization.
1: You remember what Thanos was like? You couldn't live with your own decision, and what did they bring you back to me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? oh my gosh, so are we going to be in Infinity War or endgame? Well, I, I got to say this, Matt, your last uh, statement. But at this point, I'm just looking for some certainty within the future of the Texans organization. Must be <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real about that. But I will say this. The certainty of the Texans organization future does start with the next head coach hiring. Uh, I know you guys are probably tired of hearing that, but that's the that's the that's the facts. We have to have a foundation. Uh, but I, I, I'm against Joe Brady. I'm really against Joe Brady. I think Joe Brady is one of those young coaches that does not, or well, has not proven enough to be a head coach in this league, and and and, and that's just a fact. So, but overall, Matt, you and countless others share the same pain. We can't trust nobody at this damn organization to get it right until they get it right. But we'll get it right every Friday by sending us your voicemails, because why? We want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from Cody no more. No. No, and I love B. I love be Scott, but we want to hear from you guys. Make sure you guys call and leave us a voicemail at 737-471-6148. Leave your name, please, because the next guy will be Jack Doe. Uh, but again, that is 737 471 6148. I'm John, some sports guy. Hickman, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexas. Like us on Facebook as well. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Uh, and let's talk about shows, movies, music. That's it. I, I, until we get a hiring, I'm not talking about
0: sports on my personal page.
1: I mean, I don't know. The Rockers are in shambles, so I may get emotional on the timeline and hurts everybody out.
0: The Rockets are not in shambles. They are going to be okay. They just have a lot going on right now. But with that being said, if you want to know more about the Houston Rockets, please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.